Welcome to episode 65 of Crave the Book. In today's episode, Amber and I are covering chapters 98 through 101 of Tracy Wolf's Covet. And in this episode, we are finally down to the moment when Grace has to make a very, very difficult decision between Jackson and Hudson. So without further ado, let's go ahead and get started. All right. This is the uh, welcome, guys. Um, we're going to be covering what are probably the chapters that made me the most upset the first time reading the series. Chapters, um, let's see, it was 98 through 101. Amber, do you, what was it like reading these chapters for you? Frustrating. The- Frustrating as hell. Yeah, I really, yeah. I really <laughs> thought that it was the end. And I, I put in all caps on our notes. I was like, Amber, read bonus chapter under this card. Um, because the bonus chapter for Covet in the Vampire Court, like bonus chapters, um, I feel is essential to the story, though it does contradict what happens in the main storyline, because in the main storyline, Grace says that she goes to bed and is restless all night and in the bonus chapter something different happens so we'll discuss those as well but um if this is your first time listening make sure that you listen for the howl because that's when we're going to get into spoilers and um i didn't have any spoilers did you have looks like you have uh yes i did i added four um and I'm I'm a bit con- I'm a bit concerned as to whether they are actually spoilers. Some of them could just be part yeah. of our dialogue, but I didn't want to give anything away. Yeah, these are a lot of the these are only covet spoilers. So we probably won't spoil court or charm in this episode. So as long as you've read covet, it appears that you should be good. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, last we left off. Everybody was still at the Crones uh, little cottage. Crones home. Yeah. Co- co- I keep saying cottage and then I forget that it's a mansion. Um, and she has just given Grace a bowl of apparently toxic. Liquid. <laughs> <laughs> liquid. A bowl of liquid. A bowl of uh, what she's referred to as liquid with flowers floating in it. And I, I, my favorite line was Grace saying something about, like, I've, I've already had too many near-death experiences. I don't need to die because of... <laughs> she didn't say... Weed. Yeah, she didn't say a weed. She said weed. I don't need to die because... And I'm just like, yes, weed. The killer of teenagers. Deadly, <laughs> deadly weed. Made yep. me laugh. Um, also, the way that the, the way that it's described is very much like a beautiful, like is it acai or acai? How 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 do you pronounce it? The you know the really fancy breakfast, the like smoothie bowl with like the fancy edible flowers on top. We say we I think most people say acai here, but I pictured I pictured it like when like makai makai. I pictured it like when a, like when you do those milk baths and you have flowers floating. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Your pregnant milk bar. <laughs> Ew. Maybe the liquid is milk. Yeah. But like it looks really lovely, but then they're like, yeah, if you touch it, you're going to die. Um, and then at, at every point, she de-escalates. She's like, I wouldn't do that if I were you. Like, sniff it. 
And then she goes like, oh, but I don't want to touch it. She's like, oh, no, no, no. It'll literally kill you if you eat it. It's like, you scared the crap out of her for just even putting her face near it. Yeah, she's she was like, no, I wouldn't do that if I were you. But now she's like, you need to put your hand in the liquid. I'm like, ugh. Yep. The liquid. Yep. And, you know, like, as a a human being with very, very little chemistry knowledge. Like, I would be looking at the bowl and I'm like, if she thought that it was water and now said that it's liquid, my brain would be going, okay, what are all the clear liquid possibilities? Is it bleach? Is it lemonade? Is it lemonade? (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying to think, like, what else would it be for her to be like, oh, no, I don't want to put my hand in the liquid. It's vodka. Yeah, <laughs> it's just straight. It's a bowl of vodka. Just a, just straight up vodka. Like I was probably thinking, like maybe like ethanol. You know, kind of like maybe it's like a wet specimen. <laughs> I was gonna say because there. I mean, it also has to be something that a flower isn't immediately gonna die in. Yeah, but we we find out that Grace has to. It could make- it could just be a new like um um like contact lens solution because she needs to sterilize it. It's a bowl of saline. <laughs> The, and and the crone had to squirt the bottles one by one, those teeny tiny little bottles, just <laughs> one by one into. Because I'm ma- I'm imagining like a punch. She's single handedly making waste. Yeah, I'm like, ima- imagining crazy. a punch bowl sized bowl, like huge. <laughs> Her uh, bins don't get emptied very often either. So. No, <laughs> it's all going in the ocean. <laughs> um, but basically, the crone tells Grace that she needs to eat the flowers and that the flowers will just kind of incapacitate her to make it appear that she's dead long enough yep. for them to basically break the spell, keeping them within the prison to to escape. And Grace is like, ah, uh, okay. And, um, and at no point does she tell the crone who the third person is that she's hoping to get out of prison because she does a dumb and like doesn't mention the fact that it's a giant yeah like like the it that could she that might... be even like like she's thinking like oh I, yeah i need three people that's also she's not making sure that like if anybody else gets tagged along that she's got a escape route for them is literally just her hudson and was it vander yeah the blacksmith and she's like yep this this is it this is the three flowers we'll, we'll be fine need- um, and I'm like, sure, you would ask about dosage, wouldn't you? Yeah, I mean, if it's if it's the only way for you to get out of this prison, and you have to be like like clinically dead for them to bring you out of the prison, you would make sure that it was foolproof, right? And you would ask a lot more questions. Yeah, but they just don't. And it really frustrates me. <laughs> it's like, is are they like roofies? Like, are you... A, a, You'd can, ask more questions about taking cowpole. Yeah, like they... How many spoonfuls? Can I have like <laughs> more than one? Like, if we don't need one, should I use it up just in case? Will I appear more dead? What happens if I only eat half of one? Yeah, Grace isn't... Her anxiety isn't showing here. But then she's with a group of other people who aren't needing to go into the prison, so their anxiety isn't as high. And they're not asking the questions either. 
One of whom is a witch and deals with like cauldrons of Eye of Newton shit. So why isn't she asking? Yeah. Like everybody's like, no, I don't think that we should trust this witch. And I'm like, yeah, well, maybe if you asked more questions and found out a bit more information about the said deadly chemicals you're eating, maybe you <laughs> might be in with a chance. This sounds like this sounds like a party drug. Just And not at one point does any of them get out their phone and Google butterfly weed. <laughs> because this this witch says that she kind of like embellishes them. Like, she goes into her garden, forages, finds the plants and things, and then adds to them. A little bit of... making them more potent. Genetic engineering. The, yeah, like, what is the original purpose of butterfly weed? Is, is, there a, is it even a thing? Does it exist in the real world? Nobody's done any, any research. They're just sitting there like, yep, taking her out. Like, they could take that, believing that this witch is like, yep, it's gonna, it's gonna put you to death for like a temporary death and actually all it does is give them a bad case of hiccups they have no idea yeah this and witch could be taking them for a ride she could be a con woman and the the flowers when grace dips her hand in the liquid it says that they're that they are sore and they're branded to her palm and i'm wondering yep. is it like a like they're burned like a brand or is it like a tattoo like henna <laughs> <laughs> or had, yeah, I, I pictured them as being like tattooed on her hand, but apparently they're branded on there, which would hurt. And she yeah. didn't. She didn't ask how to get them off either. Nope. Like, she literally, she has gone in with no information and came out with one percent of the information that she needed. Yeah, because the very next chapter, they're all back at Catmere Academy. Like, there's no return journey. It's just one minute they're there, and then the next minute they're home, yep. and she's complaining about her hand hurting. Yep, she hasn't She hasn't even really asked anything about her deal, like, the, her part of the end of the deal, like, her, what's yeah, the word? How will I know? How will you contact me? What's the exchange me? rate? <laughs> yeah. How, how will I be summoned? Yeah. Yeah. How, like, how long is, is there a, is there a warranty? Like, <laughs> is there a warranty? Is there a certain time frame? Like, because she knows that she could be using these flowers tomorrow or she could be using them in a year. She doesn't know. It's, as soon as Cyrus catches them and throws them into the prison, she doesn't even ask how long the flowers will last. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, they're or, flowers. They're going to die. Or if they're, they're, in her skin is that are they gonna deteriorate her over time is there she knows nothing <laughs> she is clueless um so right when they got back we we were remembering this scene being after dragon court but apparently it wasn't jackson and um eden and Mackay flew back to catmere academy a little bit early from the crones so when hudson and grace arrive they have already made it back and and at first they didn't tell her either what that they were leaving like like because by the time they come out of the crones house it's not like everybody's gonna go okay we're gonna sit and have a picnic outside this house whilst you guys go on ahead yeah like that you just kind of assume from that, that they the came out of the crones and they were just gone did they leave a message like a little note I BRB, gone back to Catmere. I mean, they had their phones, I would assume, right? 
And yet they do not Google. <laughs> butterfly weed. <laughs> yeah. I want to Google butterfly weed. Are you, okay. Let us know. Butterfly weed. Um, it is a thing. Okay. Is it deadly? Uh, they kind of look like, um, you know, the flower, like forget me nots. Yeah. Like, like, like clusters of them with longer pointed petals and they're uh, like a burnt orange color perennials um and are they dead no. oh um all parts particularly the roots will cause mild stomach upset if ingested <laughs> <laughs> so she doesn't actually die she just gets a little bit of a tummy ache i yeah. I, I almost bought mark a shirt that says tummy ache survivor <laughs> <laughs> i love it um so they get back to Caviar Academy, and Grace and Hudson are being really playful, and Hudson is, like, inviting her to come Bloody. spend the night in his room. And, I mean, he, he's, he's like, super smooth, too, during yeah. – <laughs> th that's one of the scenes where I was – it was a total cock block by Jackson. Um, oh, yeah. And first of all, I want to know why she hasn't ever stayed in Hudson's room before, because it doesn't seem that there's any adult supervision that prevents these children from just wandering into each other's rooms. Like, they're Oh, it's because, they, it's because they came back from the dragon court, and then they needed to immediately go back out from the to the crones because Luca and uh, Hudson had been drinking human blood, so they had to go whilst it oh, was okay. full. Okay. So they literally wouldn't have had a chance to be able to spend the night there because they hadn't slept together at that point yet. Right, right. I mean... I don't think it was for lack of trying that. I was going to say, I would have been staying in Hudson's room even before. Like, just because it's bigger and there's fun stuff. But, fine. More books. Better songs. <laughs> More I mean, books. If, I had the if I had the opportunity to listen to his songs versus... Macy's. Macy's music... I would be in Hudson's room all day. Yeah. And the bed sounds better. <laughs> big and big and red. Well, the red isn't the red isn't necessary. It's the the big like I as I as I love sleeping next to my husband because it makes me feel secure and safe and he also is a nice body warmer if it's freezing like it is currently. However, I don't like waking up looking at someone's face. <laughs> He's like I like the big beds because I, we're not touching. Right. You're just close and, enough. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, whenever you go on holiday and you get a double bed. Compared oh, it's miserable. To the, the, it's horrible. <laughs> and you sound awful because you're like, is this what people sleep like? Is this normal? Do people sleep in these tiny beds together? What is going on? Uh, but then uh, it's, it turns out that you're just a little bit more prepared to sleep in a bigger bed than most people some people like the whole like snuggly thing oh, or oh. that their rooms just don't don't accommodate the bigger beds if you haven't been sleeping in a bed with your partner for at least i'm gonna say two years then you can't weigh in on this if you're like i love cuddling <laughs> i've been with my boyfriend for six months and i love to cuddle uh try 12 years no. The cuddling yeah, turns into... Yeah, and like right now, right now, I sound awful. Like I'm coughing and spluttering and snorting and <laughs> sniffling. And my husband doesn't want to sleep that close to me because that's how you pass germs. Like, yeah. 
Our our bed's just a stinky, sweaty fart fest. It's a stopgap between sleeping on the sofa on nights where they're particularly loud. I, I, I will always, I'm happy to sleep in the bed with my husband, but the, 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 we, the cuddling takes place like in the morning, in the morning. And right when we lay down, we'll like cuddle up for a minute and then it's like, okay, too hot. Get off. Go, <laughs> go over there. Roll, roll away. Um, and then another thing is that if your duvet doesn't do that, like M shape in between the two yes, bodies, we do that. Right. Right. Like nobody wants a duvet that isn't wide enough or long enough to not close the gap between the two people because then you're just sharing the dutch oven yeah (laughs) and no one wants that (laughs) you're creating a mutual liquid (laughs) yeah and 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 there's also room for a breeze and nobody wants that like i'm like oh no oh okay and that's my ted talks (laughs) on double beds (laughs) i I hope you've all enjoyed that conversation. Um, <laughs> so Jackson appears out of nowhere and is like, "Get your get your hands off of your, your filthy hands! You fil- get off my land!" <laughs> Jackson's very upset because he says that it's all Hudson's fault, yada yada, and then starts like Darth Vader force choking Hudson <laughs> and Grace. That's the only way to describe it. I mean, yeah, that's exactly how I picture it. So Grace decides to get all up in Jackson's face and puts her hands on his face and is like, "Um, Jackson, Jackson, look at me, Jackson. Look at the northern lights, Jackson. And I would have slapped her. Ah, like, I'm just this whole scene makes me so mad. But but Hudson saying, you just going to stand there like a cack handed bell. What the hell does that mean? What does <laughs> do you have? Do you have the term cack handed? No, I've never okay, heard so, that before <laughs> in my life. Um, so if you hold your pen funny, that's called cack handed. I don't know what it's from, but like if you <laughs> hold something not naturally, so if you hold a pen funny, or if you're holding a hammer and you could just look at that person and you're like, what are you doing? Um, toothbrush, like if they're holding it like a like a like a chisel rather than a toothbrush or but okay, yeah it is it's universal phrase for holding something completely in the wrong way and awkwardly i would just say like why you hood why why are you holding that all whopper jawed <laughs> what whopper jawed why are you holding that all whopper jawed that's, that's not a word <laughs> how'd you spell that whopper Jawald. <laughs> See, at least our stupid idioms can be spelled. Uh, yeah, I think the, the I think the phrase "cack-handed bell" is like something that is not just useless, but also held useless. Okay. Or just awkward. Like, are you just going to stand there awkwardly, like doing nothing, being pointless? Okay. Like well. a chocolate teapot. <laughs> Me. Thanks for clarifying. Makes perfect sense now. Um, I mean, if we were reading that, we it wouldn't be a normal insult. Like nobody would say that in a fight, right? Um, unless to purposely sound stupid. But yeah, but also to kind of um, enrage them more. Mm-hmm. Like you're, you're like it's not an insult that you throw at them without wanting to sound like you don't feel like they're a threat. Well, 
at all. Then he also says, are you something about getting his bollocks up? Is Getting his bollocks up? <laughs> he said, get your bollocks up. And I'm like, are we talking about his balls, his fists? Because his... we, we, last we talked, it was kind of like an oh shit. Like, oh shit. Oh, yeah. So, and also bullshit. And bullshit. So oh, what? bollocks. Get your bollocks up. What's that? Get your bullshit up. Get your bullshit. Get your bullshit up. Are you gonna? Are you no, gonna get I your? No, I don't remember reading it. So it, therefore, it was like the, I. I <laughs> it, it was like right after you were distracted by the cack-handed bell, weren't you? Because that was the sentence before it. No, I was distracted by the absurdity of the entire exchange <laughs> in which I would have slapped everybody in the scenario except Hudson. Have you ever seen that video of the guy that slaps everyone? No. I'll have to send that to you. Just everybody who's listening, Google guy that slaps everyone or go to YouTube and, and yeah. Um, but I, it, it just, like, no, nothing would make me want a partner less than... Being really flirtatious and, and really positive towards each other and then having an almost kiss and then their ex goes, get your hands off her and then immediately, instead of trying to defuse the fight, Fighting they with go, him. yeah, and they're like, back off, you need to back off. And it's like, excuse me, he was the one that for A, started it and B, has absolutely no right to start it because he was the one that found the spell in the first place. As much as it is a frustration that neither of them were choosing that outcome right then and there, he still had that thought process to have that spell in the first place. Right. And you certainly wouldn't throw away something that valuable in just a public bin. Right, right. And that's um, that's something that Hudson, just based on his character, he would never do that. No. And yeah, I was just very, very frustrated that like Jackson was blaming everyone but himself in this situation. And and as much as Grace could kind of tell, like he looked at her and she went, this is not the Jackson I fell in love with. Um, he scares me, like his eyes are scaring me. Instead of going, hold on Hudson, like something's really wrong. Saying that out loud, she then kind of sides with Jackson until Hudson manages to actually understand of his own accord. Him. Yeah, like it's it just like hold, hold, hold on, hold on a minute. There's something wrong here, but she doesn't. She sides with Jackson until Hudson's confused, and then she's like, "What's wrong? I'm just going to hug you in the middle of the corridor for two minutes." That's just almost an, it's a slap in the face for Hudson. Yeah, yeah, and and the worst part is that he just gives up. Like he he because he respects Grace's decisions so much, he's he's just like whatever, and he goes cold and and walks away. Um, I mean, I would too after watching that. Yeah, that's because at no point does she even discuss what like she's having this conversation with Jackson Jackson isn't having this conversation with everybody else it is just a conversation between Jackson and Grace whether everybody else overhears is irrelevant it makes it's it like even... a private little it's a private little conversation she doesn't actually acknowledge that her mate has any decision in this she says well this is what he would choose he would choose to save his brother have you asked him? Yeah. Do you want to discuss it? 
but no, she just goes, yep, yeah, okay, yep, yeah, I'm gonna break my, I'm gonna break my bond with uh, with Hudson because yeah, we we once discussed it at at some point. Not that anything's changed since then, which it absolutely has. Um, but yeah, like, and when she was saying like, oh, what the blood letter said, um, where she just kind of broke down and cried, she was like, that's not good enough. That's absolutely not good enough. And it's like, well, no, it's not. However what you've come to the conclusion of doing is also not good enough because surely everyone would get hurt in that process yeah and she doesn't no even one know would be happy she doesn't even know that it'll work like the, the no the way that jackson described this i put that that jackson is literally a reverse horcrux like he's kind of the pieces of his soul are imploding in on themselves it's they have shattered and each one of its own accord is is dying individually and who's to say that the exact same thing isn't going to happen to hudson he also didn't really discuss like because he said that the reason why grace isn't suffering is because hudson is holding her together yeah which is basically saying in his own way that their bond is crap it's not reciprocative grace doesn't have a soul and Hudson's just kind of sellotaped her back together again. Yeah, like he fixed. Her. Like it was, it was a real backhanded compliment that, like, I don't think many people would kind of pick up on. But that was really mean. Yeah. Um, he was essentially saying, "Oh yeah, well, the only reason that um, Hudson's mated to you is because you were vulnerable, and he took advantage, and his soul is wrapped around you, and has taped you all back together, and you in, and fixed you, um, and is holding you together." but no one's holding me together. And it, it was very much like a, well, Grace, you are a dependent. You you need someone to physically hold you in place together because otherwise you wouldn't be functioning well, right now. Well, that's how Jackson's always seen her. He's always seen her as somebody who, oh, she must, she must have, you know, she must need Hudson to be able yeah. to, yeah. And it was, it, it, yeah, it was like, a, oh, well, Hudson formed a bond out of necessity with you because you were going to die, because you were going to be soulless. And it's like, well, actually, why didn't you ever have a conversation with your brother? And I know that it probably would have been very difficult because Eskimo brothers. Um, <laughs> but why didn't you have the conversation with him and say, like, what did happen in those four months? Because Hudson doesn't seem to be very um, willing to talk to Grace about it because he's concerned that her memory is stored away for a reason. Um, but no one else has asked him. No. and, and not, not one person. And, you know, I think that Grace also has a little bit of responsibility here to tell Jackson, you know, that, hey... What we had was really special, but I am, I, I need to be honest with you, I am starting to feel something for your brother. Like, this isn't just a farce of relationship. This isn't just something that's happening because it naturally occurred. Like, I, I do have feelings for him, but anytime she addresses that she has feelings for Hudson, she she snuffs it away. She's like, no, no, Oh, yeah, no. she belittles it. I mean, this is the first time that she does actually say, and I picked it up picked up on it and I realized I hadn't actually picked up on it in any of the other reads I've done before but she actually said on um the boy I used that I love and then she goes on oh, my mind like stumbles upon that and goes oh I didn't realize that I was already 
ready to say that, that I used to love him and it was upsetting and hurtful to realise, but I don't love him anymore. Yeah. And yet she still is willing to just throw away a relationship that she does have feelings with and is happy. She was ecstatic five minutes earlier. Yeah, and this whole... Everything was happy and, and lovely and, and fun and giggly and Jackson came along like a wrecking ball and just goes, boosh, like Miley Cyrus in her underwear. <laughs> <laughs> I just... The whole... This line when he when she's like you know what happens like if 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 your soul dies what happens he says then I become the monster everyone's expected me to be okay first of all that sounds exactly like something that a dramatic teenage boy says when his heart is broken yep. like oh you don't you don't understand the monster that lives in me like shut up second what does that even mean if we're talking about it literally you know and not just teenage boys being silly teenage boys. What does it mean? Do you lose all sanity? Do you become feral? Has that ever happened before? Are there any other paranormals out there that have gone feral? What's the protocol? Uh, yeah, that's, oh, I mean, that was one of my notes in, in spoilers because I was like, oh, maybe I, I'm accidentally giving away what actually happens. Um, but yeah, like, are there others that are soulless? Like, yeah, it's not a spoiler. They don't, even, they don't, they, they don't even explore that avenue. No. Of like, okay. If this continues, what does actually happen? Do they become something else? Because uh, the crone doesn't refer to him as a vampire. She re refers to him as a soulless one. Soulless creature, right? Yeah, and I'm like, well, well she wouldn't be able to recognize it if it didn't already exist in the world, right? I would assume. And uh, they've said that the reason that... Um, that no one knows much about it is because no one has ever broken their bond before that they are the first one ever so i'm like of course they are first one first one ever i'm like yeah well grace also thought that she was the only gargoyle in existence but that's wrong maybe they need to explore that avenue yeah it of seems that they maybe don't... there are other people it seems that that they don't know a lot about their paranormal world no and and we I mean we we find out like in the next couple of chapters about like all the different creatures that exist that they're just like oh yeah no, no basilisks exist and and no oh yeah 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 um these these things existed and uh, oh yeah yeah like there are little little patches of different creatures species or races or whatever that exist and no one is really exploring them to find out more because just because your very small secluded school doesn't know why wouldn't the school of mermaids and sirens know right everybody has their own kind of like folklore and stories i mean that they all started nodding the moment that the crone started talking about the creation story and it's because it's like oh yeah no, we do remember this this was a part of our childhood. This this is a, a legend that has been passed down as a story. There are probably stories that exist in other cultures that they just go, no, it doesn't exist because I, I, I don't know about it, therefore it doesn't exist at all. And I'm like, why, why aren't you asking more people? 
Yeah. They're not and they're not going to like the highest people. They're not going to like their equivalent of experts. They're going to like loonies that live out on islands and in ice caves and Yeah. They're they're not like as much as they've they've got they've got courts, right? This they've got the vampire court and they've got the um the werewolf court and then they've got the dragon court and they've got the witch court. There is a siren court and a mermaid court and a werecrab court. Why aren't they going to the kings and queens of those courts to ask questions? And say, like, well, as much as dragons and werewolves and vampires and witches want to say in the existence of gargoyles and the fact that I am hoping to stop having a seat on the circle, what are your opinions on it? Because apparently they, they don't care about their opinion. Yeah. She could absolutely go there as like a an embassy, as a as a diplomat and go. I am the only sane gargoyle left in existence. And this is what I need to re- regain my place on the circle. And do you have any any knowledge that you might be able to impart on me from your like that would that would be an amazing conversation. And also would give her a little bit more power because she's made friends. Right, gaining allies. That's what I was going to say. But she's not. She's like almost just closing herself off and then like believing that only those four factions exist. I mean, one of which never even really gets any say in the books whatsoever. Poor, poor werewolf court. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Like, um. Yeah. But yeah, she she could absolutely go and say like, have you, has any of your creatures ever broken their bond? Yeah, because they might go like, actually, yeah. There's a legend, you know, back from blah 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 blah. Yeah, because legends have a place in history. Like like when you listen to um, folklore and myths and things, there's always a scientific base for that story. It's probably very embellished, but it exists for a reason, and it's either like a um, a fable, so that you you learn to not race through life. You take it like a tortoise, kind of like Aesop's fable. But then there's also the the cases of like that genuinely was a person that lived like this um, once upon a time. However, we've made his stories a bit more exciting, right? Right, or use them to explain things that at the time science could not explain, like yeah, thunder is the gods mad. Well, no, it's electricity in the sky, but at the time before we could understand that, it made more sense to say sky angry. <laughs> yeah, I mean they've they've been to go see the blood letter. They've been to go see the giant's village, and the only person that they actually questioned was um. A jewelry maker, uh, uh, yeah, and then and then they they mess they found the wife of the blacksmith, like the these people these cultures have a huge wealth of knowledge and she's just kind of dismissing it as not important, and then she goes and does like crazy things like this is my forest and I'm going to wreak havoc and destroy it with roots of trees, it's not questioned it since. She's not going, why was I so tied to that forest? 
maybe I should go and ask a giant. Right. But then again, she doesn't really have much time. She never revisit it or revisits it when she does have time, though. No. Or, or, or asks Vanda when she does find him. Yeah. Um, <laughs> In fact, I think that conversation was pretty limited. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's kind of just... He's like, well, here, eat this flower. Bye. No, no. <laughs> well, let's get into to spoilers. Um well, yeah, there, there was there. one. There was one more. No, no, and it was like, oh. um, if it comes, if it comes down to staying with the boy who wants me, but will be just fine without me, and the boy who needs me, but who will descend into madness without me, well, there's no choice. And I'm like, what an egocentric bitch! Like she is, she feels like she's the linchpin to everybody's life. Yeah, like I'm the only thing that that holds our little universe together. Yeah, like, and at the same time, she's also belittling the way that Hudson feels about her because reading the bonus chapter, he absolutely will descend into madness without her. Well, let's, He's not going to be fine without her. Well, let's discuss the, the bonus chapter then before we get into... For, for those who um, haven't gotten the bonus chapter, it, it's the vampire court version of Covet. Um, and in short, it takes place after... The scene where Hudson and Jackson fight, Hudson goes back down to his room alone, and he burns the poem book that he gave Grace for her birthday. He turns on Breaking Benjamin, and he starts throwing axes, just like, he he has a panic attack. He says, um, he says, I, I just try to breathe, and it doesn't work. Like, he is having exactly what Grace describes when she's having a panic attack, and he never does that. So he is completely falling apart, and then he turns around, and Grace is in his room, and he keeps, like, he asks himself, like, he's he doesn't want to destroy her, but he asks himself, like, what about me? Why doesn't anybody worry about hurting me or destroying me? Mm. But because maybe I shouldn't, maybe I shouldn't allow her to come back into my bed because actually it will hurt more the second time. Right. And he just kind of ignores his own warning and go like, "Fuck it." Like he's he's he knows that he's ruined every part of his room by having her there. Every time he looks at his couch, every time he looks at his bookshelves, he's gonna think about Grace. And his bed is the one place that they haven't been together. But the second she she jumps on him and she she starts to basically just shower him with like apology affection, they immediately go to his bed and he he acts like he's going to like just straight up like anger fuck her. Like he acts like he is just going to like because he, he's talking about like, you know, b burning the the school and themselves down and and everything between them but then she like starts getting slow and soft and sensual and just melts him like butter but then they they cuddle up afterwards and he pretends to to be asleep as she gets up gets her clothes and leaves his room and tries to what sneak, a bitch and tries to sneak out of his room just like she leaves a note Oh, yeah. Do we ever even see the note? We don't even know what the note is. Don't think so. Oh. And it's just so freaking heartbreaking. Um, but 
before we get into spoilers, I do want to let you guys know that because I, I saw the part about him turning on Breaking Benjamin in that bonus chapter, it made me remember that I've been documenting every single song from the Crave series in order, including every single bonus chapter, including Charm, and including all of the bonus chapters for Charm. And that is now available. Um, you should be able to search Cray crave um shit i can't remember what i called it go to our instagram crave series aesthetic <laughs> aesthetic is Hang on. i sent a screenshot to ourselves what, what's the name of the podcast or not the, the podcast po not the podcast the uh <laughs> the playlist at crave series hyphen every song in order okay so blood if, drop if you just search crave every song in order on spotify the playlist cover will be red roses with a white cat mirror logo and there are little mm -hmm. blood drop emojis um around the the title of the podcast or the uh playlist so that has every single song in it even it's three hours, 11 minutes playlist yeah and there were some songs that i, I they only mentioned an artist not a song like, oh, I like any anything by, like, what was it, Maggie Rogers. So I didn't include that. Um, but when specific songs, including all of the bells, all of the chimes that Finn programs for the Cat Mirror Academy, like, you know, bells, all of that's included. So be sure to check that out. But um, that's your Christmas present. <laughs> all right. Uh, oh. And there'll be more. At the moment the Cherish comes out, yeah. there'll be more. All right, so More songs. spoilers are all yours, but I do have feedback on them because I just read through them. Oh, <laughs> okay. Um, so my first one was that they were supposed to eat these flowers and then pretend to die. And then the staff in the prison, the prison guards or whatever, um, would move their bodies out of the prison. And then Grace goes, like, will we not be, like, buried alive? I suppose that's probably one of her fears, because she does not want to ever be buried alive again. Right. She'd be fine, right? <laughs> that's true. She'll um, just eat all the rocks. Yeah. But um, why wasn't there a pile of bodies outside the prison? They... Because, like, if no one gets buried, um, so it'll be a mass grave, no? A couple theories. First theory. When they left the prison, when they first escaped, they immediately ended up in a graveyard. They did. Yeah. So there is that. Um, oh, I forgot that. Second theory is that if if the only way that most people escape the prison is by doing the, the little tournament thing with those giants and they all just die, they're, they might get, like, pulverized into nothing. Uh, third theory. Ew. <laughs> third theory. The Wendigos eat them. That is a good theory. Because they do. I like to think that the prison was made of bones. You know, like like that church in um, Paris. No, that's no. that's the catacombs. that's the, the catacombs. Um, bone church. I know what you're talking about. I've seen it. Like it's in uh, Czech Republic. Sedlec Ossory in Kutnahora, Czechia, Czech Republic. Yeah, so like everything's like made of the bones, but then I was like, mm, you probably see more evidence of that. I picture the prison to be a little bit more um, 
more pristine. It's because they talk about how like the the rooms are metal. Like I I picture mm-hmm. it to be more sterile, more um more clean and institutional, kind of like his dark materials when the children are taken in the north and they're yeah. all and they're in their um, like little metal cells. My other theory is that no one ever dies. Okay. That, like, maybe a few select people do, which is why they come out in the graveyard, but there would be more graves, surely. Like, if this prison is inescapable except for death, if the Wendigos would eat them, then why wouldn't these have been kind of thrown to the Wendigos? Yeah. Especially the giant. That would be a great meal. Um, (laughs) Delicious. Yeah. Um, so I was thinking, like, maybe there's something in the bracelets that stops them from dying of, like, illness and old age. Because the prison, like, wants that torture, doesn't it? It yeah. wants to keep them there. So maybe it's prolonging things that, like, it stops people from having that final moment before they die. I mean, honestly, the prison, like, I think about this prison compared to, like, the prison in A Court of Thorns and Roses and TBH, this prison, like, they get to go eat, they get to go shopping, they get to, <laughs> I mean, they get tortured, but they do get to win little moments of, of freedom. It's like a little festival day. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't, I mean, it and seems. they get to go to market. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Let's go to the carnival. <laughs> <laughs> get a tattoo. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, that was my 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 first question, Um, and then the second one was like, I kind of wish that we'd found out how the kind of flowers on the palm thing happened, because imagine that she'd be able to do that herself, like later on, like being able to store like death flowers on her vine tattoo. That would be really cool. Yeah, she. But again, she just skims over it and goes, "Nah, not important." She acquires three different tattoos in the series: the flowers, the vine, and the crown. No, more than that. What else does she? She, she, um, when she makes the deal with, um, um, Delilah, she gets a little tattoo. Oh wait, what was that? I can't remember it. I don't remember, but every deal that she makes during court, she gets a little like deal tattoo. Ah, got it, got it. Because she, she makes, she makes a pact with Delilah to do something. Very much Court of Thorns and Roses callbacks. Yeah, like, but these were like tiny emblems as yeah. to what the deal was. Um, whereas Court of Thorns and Roses is very much like, it will be something lunar eclipse related. <laughs> or an eye. It'll you know? be, it'll like be nothing giant. Really made, nothing really made sense. Whereas like each one was like, for example, like a key. Yeah. I think one was a key. Um yeah, like, it was a temporary one as well, because the moment that the deal, the bargain was met, the the tattoo left, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like, imagine being able to go, like, oh, um, I need this, like, property of this flower, and I could just store it for later. She could have multiple flowers up her arm that she'd be able to use later. Like her own little, what are those like jackets that like the salespeople wear where they open it up and they've got like 50 spoons for sale? <laughs> we call them looky looky men. <laughs> of course, of course you yeah. do. Of course you He's do, like, Amber. Oh, looky looky, looky looky, looky looky. Want to watch? 
It, looky, looky. Ew, that sounds like a flasher. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then uh, my final one, because we we did kind of talk about the Jackson soul, like what what would it what would happen? Yeah. Um, uh, there's a sentence that says um, that once Jackson said that his soul is disintegrating piece by piece until there'll be nothing left. Flint makes a terrible sound. Luca shushes him, but it's too late. The sound has pain sparking deep inside Jackson's eyes. Oh, I didn't even. I didn't. I don't remember that. I must have. I must have missed that part. Yeah, oh. like I was like, oh damn, like that is like. Flint is is expressing just how much that hurts, and I don't necessarily think it's because he's like, oh no, Jackson's not got a soul. But also, that is probably Flint going, that's why we didn't bond. Yeah. And Luca because might not even... time... Go ahead. Yeah. He, Luca yeah. might not even know. Like, he might not even no. under, understand. I, I, Well, we don't know if Flint's ever told Luca. No. And, and if you were, like, just a... I mean, I'm not saying that Luca is a bystander to the group. But if you were just a bystander like Luca to the group, not knowing like all of the intimate relationships that were going on, and you heard that your boyfriend wailing in agony, that someone that he actually had demonstrated that he hated and had tried to kill a girlfriend of multiple times, you'd think, what was that for? Yeah. Like, I, under, I understand that, like, it's a really sad thing to hear that someone within our little friendship circle doesn't have a soul and is dying a little bit piece by piece. But why you? Why did you make that lover's anguish wail? Was it well known that Flint and Jackson at one point were very close friends? Because they said that they were best friends before the whole Hudson fiasco. Yeah, maybe. But at the same time, like, no one reacted, like, not even not even Hudson, who's the brother. Right. And Mackay is his or, current or best friend. Yeah, like, no one made that, like, it was a wail. Yeah. Like, a terrible sound. Like, something that, you know, like, when a mother is told in a movie that her child is dead. Like, that, that noise. You can only describe it as a terrible sound. It's not. It's not anything that you can ever describe, and and that's the way it was sounding like. Is that he made this noise that was just unearthly, and it was because he realized that he was going to lose something that he never even got to have. Yeah, I think that he settled. I think Flint settled for Luca. Mm-hmm. But he loved him. 100% like it like I don't think that like, Flint was very happy I don't think that he settled for Luca in the way of what a human being would settle for right like a, like well I'm just gonna go into this relationship because I can't have the person I really want like he still fell in love with Luca and still had a relationship with him that was very fulfilling <laughs> however it wasn't uh going to end in a bond it's Charlie Charlie Swan in New Moon saying Sometimes you got to learn to love what's good for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I, I, I feel like that was Flint realizing that that was the reason why he never bonded. Right. He never had a chance. Jackson. Yeah. 
Oh, it's a sad episode, guys. A sad episode. But, um... And, and, and Jackson responded. Like, Jackson says, like, pain sparking in his eyes Aww. of, like, he heard his best friend, Flint, wail that he was going to lose him and he couldn't really do anything about it because he doesn't have a soul to connect with him. I really hope that we get the the Jackson Flint relationship that we've been waiting even for. Even just a cherish. bonus even just a bonus chapter. Yeah, like even just a bonus chapter. There's like a- imagine if we had the bonus chapter of like Flint teaching Jackson how to fly. Oh. But we don't get it. Well, maybe we will. Maybe. Maybe we will. <laughs> um all right guys well thanks so much for listening um i, I do want to remind you all for one obviously we we discussed that we have the uh the playlist on spotify so feel free to listen to that if you want to listen to all of the songs in order however i will warn you that it is a roller coaster it, i don't i would it's not be not, it's not a compiled playlist of songs that go next to each other. no it's like one minute it's like a it's like a sad song and then it's like the theme song from jaws um but that's that's the order that they're in the books so that's the order that they're in the playlist i would recommend hitting shuffle on that playlist for the best. it's adhd popcorn yeah it is it is all over the place um and and then <laughs> if you guys uh hop over to the crave the book podcast uh youtube channel and you go into the playlists and you click on our asmr playlist last year i created a great um like a yule log which is one of those christmas videos with the fireplace that you can turn turn on but it, it, it would be great it's uh christmas eve at Catmere academy and you can hear like Christmas music played on pianos echoing through the hallways and kids passing through the corridors and um, the fireplace crackling. Um, it's one of my favorite ones out of all the ASMRs that we did. So feel free to turn that on. on <laughs> as we And it's going to be so much more festive than the episode that we will have on Christmas week, which is going to be the first week in the prison. <laughs> it is. <laughs> <laughs> nice and festive 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 <laughs> fun festive prison love a bit of torture for christmas <laughs> yeah yeah we'll we'll have our episode next week and then we will also have one on the 28th so 21st and 28th um mm-hmm. assuming that nothing bad happens you know knock on wood but if for any reason our episode comes late it is the holidays so just give us give us a little bit of leeway if if you notice that the episode is late um and yeah guys i guess we'll talk to you next week Bye-bye.